Tonight, I want to uh, share with you a truth from God's word that, if not followed, it will reap horrible consequences in your life. But if followed, you'll reap many blessings. Tonight's title is called Take the Day Off. How many of you have ever had a boss that said, take the day off? Isn't that a good feeling? Ooh, is that a good feeling? I remember way back in the day, I wasn't here, but maybe uh, a few months to maybe a year. And um, it was one of those weeks where I had to preach on a Wednesday. And it was my first Sunday to preach. And that Sunday night, I had a meeting to conduct in here with about 75 people. And I had to preach the following Wednesday, okay? I, I was stressed out. I, I was like, okay, well, I can't go anymore. And I remember Brother Todd coming to me and said, Rob, a couple days after, he says, just take the day off. Oh, thank you, my, thank you. <laughs> it was a nice feeling. Now, <clears throat> those of you that lived up north and around snow, you get to take the day off a lot of school, right? Because we don't have that around here. But around here, one inch of rain will fall, school closes, take the day off. Isn't it good to be able to catch your breath a little bit to take that day off? Well, I believe the Lord wants us to take a day off as well. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 16. We're going to begin there. Exodus chapter 16. And we're going to begin in verse 23. <clears throat> and I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, Then he said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today and boil what you will boil and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. So they laid it up till morning as Moses commanded and it did not stink. That's a good thing. Nor were there any worms in it. That's another good thing. Then Moses said, eat that day for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there will be none. Now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. What we find right here is the Lord is, what we, it's talking about manna. And what happened was God had provided manna each day for his people, right? And he had given them specific instructions. Listen, you gather up each day, but when it comes to day six, you need to, ca to, to gather double because I don't want you to work. I don't want you to do anything on the Sabbath. It's your day to, to be off. But if you do double, you won't have to do any work on, on that seventh day. I want you to do this, okay? So it goes on. And the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread, here we go, for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no man go out his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. So here we go. What happened was, is God had given them specific instructions. But you know how you got some people that just want to do their own thing? They started to try to collect more on in the earlier in the week. And when they collected more, they woke up the next morning and it stunk and there were worms and maggots in their food. 
And God was trying to get them to trust him that he was their provider, but also to take a day off. And so what I want to do tonight is just give you five truths about the Sabbath. And we're going to wrap it with some application at the end. Number one, here's your first blank. It's a commandment. You see, taking the day off made God's top ten. By the way, God had a top ten before David Letterman. I'm just letting, letting you know that. Exodus chapter 20 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the seventh, uh, excuse me, is the Sabbath of the Lord, your God. In it you shall do no what? Work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle. That's kind of funny to me. I didn't know cows could work. Nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Now I'm going to say something sarcastically right here, but I'm trying to prove a point. Aren't you glad that we don't have to obey all the commandments? Aren't you glad we can only... we Nine out of ten is pretty good, isn't it? That's 90%. If you're, if you're a basketball player, that's a great free throw percentage, 90%. You're in the top echelon. Isn't it good that we don't have to obey? But really, when it comes to that fourth commandment, that's what we're saying. We'll obey the other nine. Let me put it to you another way, and, and you can answer when I ask these questions. You ready? Do you believe that there are, that we should have no other gods? Very good. Do you believe that we should not put idols in front of us? Do you believe that we should not take the Lord's name in vain? Do you believe that we should honor our mother and father? Do you believe we shouldn't murder? Do you believe we shouldn't steal? Do you believe that we shouldn't cover our neighbor's goods and stuff, right? Okay. Well, let me ask you another question. Do you believe that we should take a day off? Oh, before you answer, before you answer, you better think about it. Do you believe that we should take a day off? It's one of the commandments. Here's here's the deal. If you don't take a day off, there will be consequences. There will be some consequences in your life. In fact, some of you are living in that consequence right now as we speak. You're tired, you're weary, you're stressed out. You can't go anymore. In fact, when people come to me for advice or they need some ministry time or prayer and they say they're stressed out, first question, are you observing the Sabbath or are you taking a day off? And almost every person says, no. Now they'll say, I took a vacation six years ago. A vacation is not a daily or a weekly break. You understand? It's good for a specific amount of time to just to just bug out of town, right? But I'm talking about a daily, or excuse me, a weekly day off. Number two, it's a witness. It's a witness. In fact, I think it is the greatest witnessing tool in all of the Bible. In Exodus 31. 
Verse 14, it says, You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. Hmm. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord, whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. Now, let me just, a little side note, sidebar right here. There were three sins in the Old Testament that you got the death penalty. Number one was not observing the Sabbath, adultery, and disobeying parents. Now, warning to all parents, if you've got kids, you can't go up to them and say, if you were in the Old Testament, you would be dead right now. You cannot do that. Okay? My name is Rob and I'm your friend. Continuing, therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. That word perpetual means everlasting, means it, it doesn't stop. It's continual. Look what it says in verse 17. It is a what? It is a sign. It is a witness between whom? Between me and the children of Israel. I'm out. I'm not a Jew. Ah, Through Jesus Christ, we've been grafted in. Amen? It is a sign between whom? Me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Amen? So this is how it would go. Let's pretend that you are not a Jew. You're a Canaanite, let's just say. And you wanted to conduct business with a Jew. And let's pretend that you can text back then. This is how the con- the text message conversation, you can't opt out. This is how the conversation would go. Hey, Joe, I'd like to sign that contract on Sunday. Joe, being a Jew, says, I don't work on Sunday. Well, why not? It's the Sabbath. What's the Sabbath? Well, it's a day that we honor that we literally take a day off because God took a day off. Who's God? And right then and there, you have an open door to witness and to tell them about Jesus. And that's what God, that's what God's design was. He he wanted it to be a witnessing tool. He wanted it to be a sign that everybody knew, not that they were Jews, but that they were children of God. And that there was a relationship between them and God. So we see that it's a, a witness. Doug, if you could put back up verse 17. At the tail end, look what it says. It says, he, this is God. He rested and was refreshed. That's God. And I want to tell you a little bit about that word refresh. It's a Hebrew word that literally means it. It's kind of two parts. It means to breathe, but it also means to take. So God breathed and also he took. Now, in our time, we would say, I need to catch my breath. I can't go anymore. You ever said that to somebody? 
hold on, I can't, I can't go anymore. I got to catch my breath. Well, what, what, what it really means is God created how he breathed out. Correct. And on the seventh day, he went, he breathed in. And he wants you and I to do the same. He wants us to catch our breath every week. He doesn't want it to be a legalistic law. He has simply given it to us so that we can rest. You know, it's, it's like the tithe. 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100% without God's blessing. And six days of God's blessing goes farther than seven days without that taking that Sabbath. Amen. Number three, God is serious. In Numbers chapter 15, it says, Now while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Now, here in South Louisiana, we would say he was picking up sticks. Okay? And those who found him gathering or picking up sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation. They put him under guard. Well, of course, the man is a hardened criminal. He was picking up sticks. Because it had not been explained what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. So as the Lord commanded Moses, all the congregation brought him outside the camp and stoned him with stones and he died. You think God is serious? Why do you think he is, is, is so serious? Because he's serious about you. And so I just want to pose this question to you. Are you dying faster than you should? Because you're not resting? Now, we get a lot of questions about the Sabbath. And, and a very popular one is, does it have to be Sunday? No, because a lot of people have to work on Sunday now, right? And so a lot of people will take it on, maybe they're always off on Thursday. Thursday will become their day to, to take a breath, to take a breather, okay? And so to answer your question, no. But really, the, really the number one question is, what do you do on the Sabbath? But really the most important question is, is what do you not do? And it's very simple work. I'm talking about your, your job, your occupation. Amen. Have you ever been out on your day off and your phone goes off? Burp. 10 minutes later, bump, it's the office calling on your day off. 20 minutes later, bump, it's going off. An hour later, it's bump, it's going off. Listen, our phones, it, it used to be, how many of you remember the day when we just had a house phone? Can we go back to that? <sighs> now we have the office at our fingertips. And you can text, you can email, you can FaceTime, you can... My four-year-old granddaughter knows how to FaceTime me. And she calls it that. And it's like, how do you know that? 
It's, it's literally at our fingertips. So when your phone goes off, here's a question. Do you answer it? Yeah, most of us do, right? Because it's the boss. It's the job, you know. Well, God is telling us tonight that, you know what? We need to take a day off. What about an emergency? Jesus took care of that. Said if an ox falls in the ditch, yeah, go get him out, right? We know we're going to have emergencies. They happen. It happens to me. It happens to all of us, right? But don't do this. If, you're, if your company calls and says your building's on fire, don't say, oh, it's the Sabbath. I'll have to wait till tomorrow. No, no, no. Don't do that, okay? Go take care of it, okay? But listen, you can't live working seven days a week. God is very serious about it. In fact, the Jewish people are serious about it as well. And I want to describe for you how the Jews today celebrate the Sabbath. And it's very, very interesting. They call it the Friday night Shabbat dinner. Just to let you know, the Jewish custom is that Friday at sundown, let's say at 6 o'clock, Friday at sundown is the beginning of their Sabbath, and it goes to Saturday at sundown. Okay, so you got the picture, right? Okay. The way they approach the Sabbath is, is just impeccable. The wife usually the, that Friday morning will get up and begin to start working very, very hard in preparation of that evening. In fact, what they will do is she will, she will bring out the fine china, you know, that, that stuff that we use once every 10 years. They will little, she will go get that fine china and set a nice tablecloth and set it all out. When dad comes home and the kids, you know, and it, let's say it's four or five o'clock in the afternoon, I'm, I'm not joking, they go in and take baths. They get cleaned up and they put on fine linen clothes. They, they go to the extreme to make sure that everything is ready. They, they, it, it's so well prepared. So let's take six o'clock being sundown. 18 minutes prior, and I don't know why, but roughly about 18 minutes. So at 542, in fact, say 542 right now. No, 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 no. 542. Thank you. At 542, usually the mom will go get two candles and she will light them. One candle represents to remember the Sabbath. The other candle she's lighting as, okay, we're going to observe it. So everybody comes. They uh, enjoy a very, very good meal. It's well prepared, okay? The, usually what happens is, uh, right after the meal, the dad will get up and he will go lay hands on each of his children and say a blessing over each one of them. Then when he is done, he will then say, Mom, it's your turn. He will read out of Proverbs 31 and he will put his hands on her and speak a blessing over her. The wife will in turn, out of Psalm 118, will come and put her hands on her husband and say a blessing over him. They take it very, very serious. They will go to bed. They will get up first thing and they will go to the synagogue usually for about two to three hours. And the same customs that they did the previous night about the blessings, they will repeat 
But here's the deal. For lunch, lunch was already prepared the day before. And the wife, because she's preparing for Friday meal and she's preparing for Saturday lunch, she will probably put it in a slow cooker so that it will kind of cook most of the day. And we've got lunch already prepared because you are not allowed to cook on that Saturday for lunch. Let me give you some things that they consider that they they do on, on the Sabbath. They will tell uplifting stories. They will read. They will take a nap. They will play games with the children. They will take a walk in the park. They will visit relatives and friends. And if possible, if time permits, they will go visit the sick and the elderly. So here it is, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Immediately after that is a little, um, it's a ceremony. It's called the Havdalah service. And what it does, it just simply commemorates what just took place the previous 24 hours. And so the reason I'm telling you all of this is I believe that the central core of of what the Jewish custom is and what God intended is that, okay, we've got... We got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday over here, and we've got that Friday, Saturday right here. What they're saying by, by wearing the fine clothes, taking baths, pulling out the fine china, what they're saying is we want this day to not look like those days. In fact, Saturday is very unstructured to them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we, we gotta be here for this soccer game. We gotta be here. We gotta go here. We gotta, we gotta go to Starbucks. We got to, you know, it, it's, it's movement. It's all over the place. What they do, they say, no, no, no. This day right here is set apart from those other six days. And we will not do anything that represents or even looks like. In fact, if dad has a briefcase and he comes from home from work on that Friday, he will go hide it because they don't want any sign that dad is working or is working. They'll take their phones, their laptops, their iPads, and they will go hide them just so that this day is totally isolated and separated and it doesn't look like any of the other days. Isn't that pretty cool? So, you know, guys will come up to me a lot and say, hey, man, can I go play golf? Sure, as long as you're not taking away, you know, as long as it's not becoming a ritual every Sunday, let's say. You know what I'm saying? Well, can I cut my grass? That's a big one. Sometimes you got to cut your grass in between the rain, Right? Again, yeah, as long as it doesn't become, well, I'm going to start cutting my gas, grass on Sunday because Rob said it. No, 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 no. You've got to set it. You, you don't want that day to mimic everything else. Number four, unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. Unobserved Sabbaths accumulate. So let me explain. In 2 Chronicles chapter 36, and this is very, very interesting. It says, He carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came to power. The land enjoyed its Sabbath rests all the time of its desolation. It rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. Let me explain here. What's going on here? Okay. Not only did God want the people to take a day off, he wanted 
the fields that were, were, where they were forming, he wanted those fields to take a day off every seven years as well. Now, you can ask any farmer, you can ask any agricultural expert even today, they will tell you that the land needs to rest to provide a good crop, right? Have you ever heard of that? And, and these people will tell you it's not six or eight days, it's seven. As if somebody designed it that way. And so what these people did, these, these Jews, what happened is they went through six years. When they got to year seven, they just kept on working. And it was as if God had a wipe off board. He goes, well, that's one Sabbath, one tick mark. Year 13 was done. 14 came. Boom. They did the same thing. Well, that's two tick marks. Year 21 didn't rest. They just kept on working. Year 28, same thing. Do you want to know how long they went? 490 years. Let me show you their attitude. Look, it's in Amos. Will the new moon be over that we will sell again and the Sabbath be ended that we can market wheat? That was their attitude. Man, we it's money. It's all about the dollar. We, we, we're going to skip your seven. We, we have got to. We have got to plant. We can't wait for that Sabbath year to be done. You know what I'm saying? Sabbath, why? Why? We're going to plan on our Saturday. We're going to work. That was their attitude. So, math, 490 years divided by what? Seven gives you what? They missed 70 Sabbaths. So what did God do? He sent an army, held them captive, brought them out to Babylon. They said, you know what? We don't have to observe the Sabbath. We don't even have to let our land rest. But look what happens when God takes them out and the land actually rested 70 years. Going back to, to verse 20, it says the land in, whoa, hold on. It says the land enjoyed, the land finally was able to take a breath. Number five, the offer still stands. In Hebrews chapter four, we're not going to read all of it, but it's just a few verses. It says this, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Verse 4, for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. Verse number nine, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fail, or excuse me, fall by following their example of disobedience. Here we are in the New Testament. God gave us this gift. Oh, we will observe the other nine commandments. 
I'm here to tell you today that the offer of his rest still stands. And how do I know that? From the very lips of Jesus. Look what it says in Matthew. Come to me, all you who labor. That word labor means someone who is literally exhausted. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are exhausted and are heavy laden. That word heavy laden is literally a military term. Back then, they would actually put a backpack on their backs and they would carry a lot of stuff. And sometimes they would have a short distance to go and they would put a little bit in it. Sometimes they had a long distance to go, so they would put more. And so what Jesus is saying here, what it's referring to is not that short distance traveler. He's talking about someone who's going for a long, long, long trek. And at the end of the trek, he's heavy laden. His back is hurting. He's tired. He's exhausted. So Jesus says, come unto me, all of you who are exhausted and have been carrying that backpack all week, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen? <clears throat> I heard the story of a gentleman who called his pastor and said, Hey, I'm free this coming Thursday. I'd like to have lunch with you. And pastor says, I have, I have nothing planned. The guy says, great. Let, let's set up lunch. The pastor says, you don't understand. I have nothing on my calendar. The guy says, I know you just told me, pastor. That's great. Let's go have lunch. He says, I don't think you understand. I have nothing on my calendar because I plan to do nothing. And the guy says, what? So the following week, they actually break bread and have lunch. And so the guy is just like, what? You schedule nothing because you want to do nothing. Who, who does that? And so the pastor tells him and says, look, Joe, he says, I got, I got to tell you the, the reason why I schedule nothing because Thursday is my Sabbath. As you know, I, I work on the weekends because I'm preparing and, and all of that and working on Sunday. So Thursday is my day. Don't mess with it. Don't call me. Don't, hello? Don't do anything. It's, it's my Sabbath. I, I plan nothing. And he says, I got to tell you how I came to that recognition. He said, I was in the ministry for so many years, and he says, I was burning the candle at both ends. So much that I became so stressed and overburdened that it forced me to go into the hospital for a couple weeks. And the doctors were doing all kind of tests, and they couldn't figure out what was going, and they, you know, doing everything they could. But God told me why I was in the hospital is because I had violated the Sabbath. And he says, that's why... I schedule nothing on Thursday. Closer to home, I don't know, a few years ago, three, four, five years ago, <clears throat> Michelle and I began remodeling our home. And I'm talking everything. 
from new floors to walls to cabinets and painting and painting and you name it, we painted. We laid all new floors and, you know, me, we're going to get it done in two months, baby. Well, four years later. But one day we had the bright idea that we were going to stain our concrete because we, we like it. It looks pretty cool. So we began that process and a friend of mine came and, and he did it for me because I had never done that before. And man, the first room came out gorgeous. I was like, yes, we're going to have stained floors, baby. Watch out. Well, we began that process down the hallway and in our bedroom. So we had to literally take everything out of our bedrooms and put in one room. And, and, and it was a makeshift bedroom to say the least. Okay. And a friend of mine comes and he's, um, you know, he sprayed it and all of that. In the meantime, my dad had passed away. My mom had passed away in 04. My dad passed away. And so we had to split up all the, uh, the, the furnishings and whatnot. And so I had to go get literally uh, uh, like two rooms worth of furniture. And so our, our dining room was full of furniture. I had carpet rolled up everywhere. We had this, this smelly acid chemical smell all over. I said, baby, I can't sleep in this mess. I'm getting stressed. I'm going to get the camper. We're going to hook it up in the front yard and we're going to spend about two days in it to let this smell out. Okay. And it was the heat of summer. Can anybody say stress? By the way, do you remember the time that that lady set those two candles? 540-42. Remember that, 542. And so we're in the camper one night, and it's about midnight. I could not sleep. I was restless. I, I was stressed because I've got this house, and I wake up. She goes, baby, what's wrong? And I said, it looks like a goat exploded in our house, baby. A what? I said, a goat. Where'd you get that from? I don't know. I'm stressed out. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. A goat exploded. I couldn't take it anymore. And you know what the Lord showed me through all of that? Is that I wasn't observing and taking that day off. And so I learned the hard way. My friends, my four tanks were empty. My mental tank, my physical tank, my emotional tank, and my spiritual tank were all empty. And you might be there right now. Or maybe a couple of them. I want to tell you that the offer still stands as it was in Exodus, Jesus is telling us tonight to come unto him. The offer still stands and he will give us rest. He will refresh you. He will energize you. He will allow you to recharge your batteries, so to speak. Someone once said, I'm not overloaded. I'm just overworked, overcommitted, overanxious, overmatched, overextended, and, but not overloaded. Okay. The nation of Israel found themselves a little overloaded. And look, in Haggai 1, 6 and 7, it says, You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord, this is what God says to them, colon. Look at what's happening to you. 
You're in a camper in your front yard and a goat has exploded. Wake up. Look at what's happening to us. It was frightening, I'm telling you. So I ask you, and I have a little homework for you. I want you to take a look at what's happening to you. You know, people say, well, Rob, I'm retired. I don't work anymore. I bet if I go to your house, you're probably busier now than you were back when you were working. We all find some things to do, don't we, to occupy our time? So I want you to do, this is your homework. Seriously, as husband and wife, if you're single, it's you and you and you and God. Amen? I want you to do three things. Number one, I want you to examine the pace, P-A-C-E, the pace of life. You know what I'm talking about, 24-7? Used to be 24 forward slash 7 was a math problem. We didn't have that terminology back in the 19-whatevers. It's only been literally in the last, what, 10, 12, 15 years that, you know, they use that terminology. Oh, yeah, we're busy 24-7. Look what Scripture says. We are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. Are you always moving from one event to another, one job to another? Do you feel like you're a shuttle service? Walmart is open 24 hours a day. I remember the day when the national food in in Franklin closed at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And if you were out of milk, sugar, bread, you went to your neighbor who was on the front porch enjoying a cup of coffee, watching their children play. No, 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 no. We don't do that nowadays. We don't have front porches anymore. What's the deal? You can get coffee at 6 o'clock in the morning at Starbucks in the drive-thru. Who has a drive-thru back in the 70s? We didn't have drive-thrus. You can get a meal in five minutes. The pace of life. You have to examine your pace. Again, I say, are you dying faster than you really should be? Number two, you need to examine the pressures of life. If the pace doesn't overload you, the pressure surely will get to you. For many of us, there's simply no breathing room. Let me give you what the Apostle Paul said. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. The pressures of life can get to you. I know many single moms who come to me and I I just go, "I, I don't know how you do it. They, they juggle moms in general, working and taking care of the kids and, you know, dads working three jobs. I just don't know how you're doing it. But the pressures of life can simply suffocate you and choke you. 
and you just feel like you have to do more uh, work. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman the other day in church, and um, his, his company started some cutbacks. Well, it, it, it caused him to take on other people's responsibilities. Do you think he was under pressure? And it was oil field related. Family issues. Maybe, maybe you've got somebody in your family that, uh, you know, I'm talking about drama. You got drama? But just, just family, it just seems recent where there's more, there's more people that are having to take care of their elderly mom or dad. And, and it's causing issues with, with the couple. You know what I'm saying? These family issues, the financial issues, the work issues, the, the, the single mom type issues, all of these, these pressures just simply seem to suffocate. And when it comes to Sunday, all you want to do is sleep the whole day. But you can't because... The kids are knocking on your door and they won't leave you alone. So if they do it again, just tell them this. Go get a goat and explode him. That's what you do. You have my permission to tell them that. You're losing your cool. You're fussing the kids. You're kicking the dog. All because of the pressures. If you have goats at your house, I'm really, really sorry. I don't mean to pick on goats because they're very cute. Number three, you need to examine the pains of life. You need to examine the pains of life. It could be grief, it could be loss of a loved one, it could be a divorce. It could be losing a child. It could be just that you haven't spoken to someone in your family for 10, 15 years. And, and sometimes it, it's, it's not the pace and sometimes it's not the pressure, but sometimes it's that pain that seems to always be around. And, and even on your day off, you, you, you can't enjoy it. Some have said, that the Sabbath is an old law that is still on the books. Well, I want to give you some old laws that are still on the books. In Blackwater, Kentucky, tickling a woman under her chin with a feather duster while she's in church carries a penalty of $10 and one day in jail. An old law still on the books. In Honey Creek, Iowa, no one is permitted to carry a slingshot to church except the police. No citizen in Lee Creek, Arkansas, is allowed to attend church in any red-colored clothing. It's on the books. Swinging a yo-yo in church or anywhere in public on the Sabbath is prohibited in Studley, Virginia. In my old time... It doesn't involve a goat, but it's my all-time favorite. Turtle races are not permitted within 100 yards of a local church at any time in Slaughter, Louisiana. But here's the deal. More than likely, these laws will eventually, I pray that eventually, they will be eliminated. 
Somebody is going to come along, maybe a town councilman or a mayor, and go, what? (laughs) They will get rid of these laws. But I want to tell you tonight that there is a law that is found in your Bible. It is in the Old Testament that is going to be on the books forever and ever. It is a perpetual covenant with you and me. It will not be taken off the books because God knows you and he knows me. He knows our nature. He knows that we're going to work and work and work. He knows that we need a break. He knows that we need to take a breath. It will not be eliminated. It will not be taken off the books. A lot of people will say, well, it's a, it's an old Testament tradition. I don't believe we need to follow it. Listen, I'm not here to debate. You can Google that and you will get all kind of debates on whether Christians should observe the Sabbath. As far as me and my house, we, we're going to take it pretty serious. Because I don't want to reap the consequences. I want to reap the blessings and the benefits. So I'm going to leave the debate to, to Fox News, okay? I'm going to leave the debate to, to people the theological dudes. I'm going to look at that commandment a little closer. Jesus says, if you're exhausted, if you're weary, if you're tired, if you're overworked, he says, just come to me. And he says, I'll give you some rest. I know a lot of people who are dealing with physical infirmity because they don't know how to rest. And I think that's a curse because my dad was a workaholic. He was a World War II vet and and he worked and he worked and he worked and he worked hard. And and I have that same ethic. But you know what? I've learned that when it comes to that that seventh day, I got to put the brakes on. My body needs rest. My mind needs rest. Amen? Am I the only one or or, or do you? Do do you find yourself just circling the wagon and circling the wagon? And listen, I I know you have to work and I know sometimes your your work is on a Sunday. But listen, you're going to have to get in a routine of finding a day during the week and saying, you know what? I may not go get the fine dishes. I may not, you know, uh, prepare an elaborate meal. But what I want to do is say, you know what, this day is not going to be like those days. I have another question. What are you teaching your children? My phone's going off. I got to get that sales call. As one of your pastors, I'm giving you permission to take a day off. And so I want to conclude with this statement. It's 5.42. Are you ready to light the candles? Please stand. I just want you to close your eyes. and This is evaluation time. It's examination time. I really want you to take a a really close look, even right now tonight. 
If, if the pace of life is getting to you, if the pressures of life are mounting, even the pains of life are coming on you and you feel like you're just simply in a tailspin, I want to pray for you. If your tanks, your four tanks are empty, your mental tank, your, your emotional, your physical, especially your spiritual tank, maybe it's only a third, a quarter, a half, or whatever. If any of those tanks are somewhat empty, I just want you to raise your hand right now. I want you to raise it. There are hands going up all over the auditorium. Keep your hands up. If you, feel, if you say, Rob, you know what? My, my work, man, it just, it, it doesn't go away. It's suffocating. I can't get away from it. And I just seem to, I just seem to fall in that trap to work on that seventh day. I want to see your hands. Where are your hands? Just lift them up. Your work is getting to you. Your work is, is, is literally commanding more of your time. If you say, Rob, I just not, I'm, I'm just not in that mode of rest. And I know I need to. I want you to raise your hands. And it's not condemnation. Listen, I've got my hand raised right now. This is what I want you to do. I want to lay hands on every one of you. I just want you to get out of your pew. You could be in school and, and, and workload is just coming on you. And you just it just seems like school is too much. I just want you to come out of your pew right now and come down here for prayer. Because I want to lay hands on every one of you. We're going to take some time. If the pace, if the pressure, if... if the pains of life are just, they're too much. If you're overloaded. Listen, this message was, was, was for me because I, I need to take a step back and, and evaluate, okay? But, but I feel we need to take some time tonight and just... Say, Lord, I, I don't want to violate that day. I, I want to learn how to take that day off. I'm going to ask the, some of the altar team to come down and pray and help me pray. We're going to do that and I'm going to dismiss, I'm going to dismiss you right now. But these people are up here because... They, they, they just, they, they don't want to continue down that path anymore. You know what I'm saying? And, and you may be feeling that and you say, oh, I don't feel like coming down. That's okay. You have some homework. Take this piece of paper home and I want you to evaluate. I want you to look at, just as God said, look at what's happening to you. And it's okay as a family to sit down and it's okay to say, listen, we got to reevaluate we're not spending time together. We're not spending quality time together. Maybe it's because we're going in opposite directions. God has given us the Sabbath. Amen. And Jesus says, come unto me. All you are heavy. Maybe, maybe you've been dealing with a lot of emotional stress in your life. Jesus says, hey, come unto me and I will give you rest. Amen. And tonight, Jesus wants to take that backpack off of you. So, Father, right now, I pray for this congregation. I thank you. Thank you for our time tonight. Lord, bless them as they go. Help them, Lord, to evaluate. Help them, Lord, to examine their life, to enjoy your rest. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.